welcome back, I'm Open Family, to the I'm Open Podcast. We are so thrilled to be with you all again today, and we have so many awesome topics to cover. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Olympics. Why aren't there cheerleaders there supporting Team USA? We're also going to be talking about whether one of the most famous football players in the world should hang up his cleats and put away his playbook and trade it in for a script and a costume. And we're going to be talking about whether reporters are actually trying harder at their jobs than the athletes that they cover. All coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. Of course, we were not going to skip over the Super Bowl that just happened last weekend. There's a lot of exciting stuff that happened. And, of course, no Super Bowl with Justin Timberlake involved would be complete without a wardrobe malfunction. Now, of course, last time we all know what happened. I don't need to go into the details of that. Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, and the word wardrobe malfunction was invented that special night. The Patriots also happened to be there, but other than that, a lot has changed in the meantime. But... Still, another wardrobe malfunction at the Super Bowl, and this time there wasn't just one. JT actually one-upped himself with a little help from the New England Patriots. There was two wardrobe malfunctions at the Super Bowl this year. The first wardrobe malfunction was on behalf of Bill Belichick, the coach of the New England Patriots. Now, Bill Belichick, he wore something that was extremely offensive to me, and I'm sure offended many of you guys watching at home as well. Now, Bill Belichick always likes to have his traditional cut-off hoodie with the sleeves cut off. That's fine. I don't have any problems with that. It shows a nice workmanlike attitude. You cut off your own sleeves so you can let those arms free and let them get dirty, let them work. That's fine, Bill. That's fine if you want to do that. But this time, he really crossed the line. He had a cut-off hoodie that was specifically sewn and designed to be a cut-off hoodie. And listen, if you're in Abercrombie model model, and you're wearing that because you have to, I guess that's fine if they're paying you for it. But if you're a 70-year-old man like Bill Belichick, that's just never a look you should be rocking. You're doing a great disservice to the people who actually do cut the sleeves off of their shorts or sweatshirts by wearing one that is pre-designed to look like it was cut off. We can all see right through that, Bill, and we know that that was specifically designed to look like a cutoff. Not only this... But Bill Belichick was also wearing a sort of compression spandex long sleeve shirt under his cutoff. It looked like he was about to go to spin class as soon as the Super Bowl was over. Okay, I don't really want to see any man over the age of 65 wearing this sort of spandex shirt. It just makes me uncomfortable. It shows we knew you didn't have any muscle definition. It just proves how feeble your arms are, and it just made us feel all a little uncomfortable, Bill. I know you got a certain look you're trying to rock with, but for somebody who acts like he really doesn't care at all what he wears, it seems like you really put a lot of thought into your whole cut-off hoodie with the spandex shirt combo, and it made us all very uncomfortable. So please, Bill, please, if you want to wear a hoodie, just wear a hoodie. 
Okay, just wear a damn hoodie. You don't need to get a stylist to sew a special sort of hoodie just so you can go lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, Bill. Okay, just just don't do too much next time because your whole your whole style, your whole aesthetic is I just woke up, I just care about football, and I don't care what I'm wearing. I don't even know what I'm wearing. But we know this isn't true based on what you wore for the Super Bowl because it looked like you had a stylist just who came and just gave you terrible advice. And so please, please don't do that again. I hope you learned your lesson from that loss. Now, of course, Justin Timberlake, he also had a little fashion faux pas of his own, and that was just his whole outfit. Justin Timberlake came out looking like he was the the newest member of Ocean's 14, and they were about to go steal the giant sequoia from the evergreen forest. I mean, he was just looking odd. He was looking like a neo-futuristic lumberjack who's trying to sell you some beads or some weird thing like he was just looking weird he was looking weird you can tell when somebody's starting to get a little older starting to force the fashion trying to make it seem like they're still on the cutting edge when it's just clear they just don't even have any idea what to wear okay justin timberlake looked like he was about to drop a fire collaboration with the indigo girls and if you don't know who the Indigo Girls are, go ahead and look them up and tell us if we're wrong, because we're not wrong. Justin Timberlake looked like they picked his, his outfit for the Super Bowl. He was just looking crazy. He had, like, shoes that didn't match his splotched floral pr- print suit. Then he had the bandana going. Then he had, like, one of those shirts that had, it was like sort of a whole Arctic scene on the shirt, but it was a button-up shirt. That's how he looked. He just looked crazy. I don't even know where he got those ideas. I don't even know who dressed Justin Timberlake. Maybe he was the same person who dressed Bill Belichick. But either way, they definitely made some mistakes there. And it just showed he's a little out of touch. So, gentlemen, next time, let's try to focus on the game. Let's not try to have all these different fashion issues detract from the special moment that's supposed to be the Super Bowl. Bill, Justin, I hope you gentlemen have learned your lesson. cheerleaders at almost every sporting event you go to or you see on TV, but for some reason, there's not really cheerleaders at the Olympics. Now, obviously, a lot of people go to the Olympics. A lot of people like to go and cheer for their teams or for their countries or especially for their family members if they're lucky enough to be an Olympic athlete, but there's not really official cheerleaders at the Olympics. Well, that is until now. Because North Korea has saved the day, and I bet you won't hear that very often. But they did come through in the clutch with this one. Take a listen at the North Korean cheerleaders at the Olympics. See, these guys are really putting in work. They're extremely coordinated. And they even all have the same exact haircut. Check out the video of this cheer as well on the I'm Open podcast Facebook page. Look, I know 
we're in this sort of fake, weird rivalry with North Korea. If this is the case, I don't understand why we don't have cheerleaders out there. They're all singing, they're all jumping up and down and clapping together. It's a little embarrassing, don't you think, to be one-upped by such a small country? It is. Now I was thinking if we really want to show everybody how screwed up our country really is, we could send out that choir of the little white suburban kids singing Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nay Nay, and they could represent the United States as our cheerleaders, really show them what type of shit we're dealing with here right now. They don't want to mess with us. Anyway, I'm sure it wouldn't be very hard for the United States Olympic Committee to convince some people to sign up as cheerleaders. I know I would definitely not mind taking a couple weeks off of my job if I just had to put on a little Team USA costume and clap and sing and cheer for Team USA. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I think next Olympics, we got to step our game up, maybe because it's the Winter Olympics this time and it's kind of hard to convince people to go. That's why it's in a town or city that nobody's ever heard of right now, and it often is, because Winter Olympics, let's be honest, it's not quite as exciting as Summer Olympics, and it's kind of hard to convince people to go. But hopefully for the next Summer Olympics coming up, the United States can finally get its act together. Let's send some cheerleaders over there, okay? And let's bring that home cooking. Let's bring that American spirit wherever the team goes to give them a little backup. So things were getting a little bit chippy in the Golden State Warriors locker room. Now, I know we've had a lot of locker room drama in the NBA this season. And something I learned at a very young age from my gym teacher, Mr. Patty, and something I hope everybody learned is no horseplay in the locker room. That's very important. No horseplay in the locker room, gentlemen and ladies. No horseplay. That's not a place for horseplay. I know horseplay is fun, we all like to play, and we all like horses, but when you're in the locker room, get on your gym gear or whatever you're going to do, do your stuff, and get out of there. Save the horseplay for the gym. Now, this was actually a type of horseplay I never even imagined in the locker room, and this might be the first of its kind, or at least the first of its kind to be recorded. Now, what happened? Kevin Durant, superstar forward finals MVP from last season for the Golden State Warriors. He was conducting an interview and that got interrupted. Listen to this. So as you can hear in the background there, Kevin Durant's interview starts, but he can barely get any words off before some of the cameramen who are there filming him start to get into a little bit 
of a tussle, and boy, do those gentlemen take their job seriously. I mean, these guys sounded like they're ready to just break their thousands and thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment over each other's heads just so they could get the prime shot of KD's chin after practice. Like, this is really crazy. Do these guys take their jobs even more seriously than the players? You know what, guys? Don't fight, okay? Don't fight. First of all, it's just a game, and it's funny that Kevin Durant basically had to remind these guys, it's just a game, it's just basketball. This isn't worth fighting for. But I'm glad that these guys take their jobs seriously, but I think that's a good thing to remember for fans, for cameramen, for media, media people. It's just a game. I know we love sports, but at the end of the day, this isn't really something worth punching somebody else over. It's just grown men playing games, and it's fun to watch, it's entertaining, but you shouldn't hurt yourself over this. Okay, maybe hurt your feelings a little bit, but you shouldn't hurt yourself, and you shouldn't hurt other people over grown men playing sports. It's for fun, okay? Imagine would you punch somebody over American Idol if your favorite contestant got out, or over Jeopardy if they got the question right and you didn't? No, that sounds dumb. That sounds dumb. Would you punch somebody if they watched an episode of Game of Thrones without you? Okay, well, actually, some people might do that, so I don't know if that was a good example. But the point is, it's a game. And luckily, Kevin Durant knows that. Even though he's at the top of his field, he's at the top of his game. At the end of the day, he knows it is just that, a game. So nobody needs to be getting hurt over that. Hopefully, these cameramen are able to shake it off. And next time they go in for an interview with Kevin Durant, they can just play nicely and make sure there's enough room for both of them. So last week was one of the worst weeks for the stock market in the last several years. There was two separate drops of a thousand points. Now, I'm not really sure what this means, but I just know that it means that stocks have been dropping all over the place, and it's not just with the stock market. This immediately made me think of little Isaiah Thomas whose stock has been dropping like a rock over the past year. It was only July of 2017, not so long ago, ladies and gentlemen, when Isaiah Thomas was talking about how he was one of the best players in the league and expected to get paid like it. Listen to him last season when he was with the Boston Celtics. I mean, I'm a, I'm a max guy, so I, I deserve the max. And, I mean, my time's coming. They know they got to bring... The brink struck out. They know that. But boy, can times change with the snap of a finger. Since that interview, Isaiah Thomas has been traded to the Cleveland Chanticleers to play with LeVon James. But that didn't last very long. Now, Isaiah missed the beginning of the season. He was working out a hip injury that he probably should have dealt with while he was in Boston. But he decided to put it off for the playoff run. But when he arrived in Cleveland, he was still injured. So he missed the beginning of the season. He only was able to actually play 15 games with LeBron James. And the team wasn't playing very well. After just about every game, Isaiah 
found a way to either criticize one of his teammates, criticize the coaches, criticize the organization in some way after every single game. Not exactly the best way to build camaraderie in chemistry, in my experience or in my opinion. So it all kind of came to a head recently. The team was playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, and LeBron James hit an incredible game-winning shot as he likes to do every once in a while. He had an incredible game-winning shot to win the game for the Cavaliers at the very last moment. Now, as his whole team was running to chest bump and celebrate with with each other, LeBron sprinted right past Isaiah Thomas and just pretended like he couldn't see him at all. Isaiah ran up to LeBron like a son waiting for his dad to come home from work, and LeBron just ran right past Isaiah like he didn't even know he was there. Check out the video on our Facebook page to see this, and tell me what you guys think. Is this passive-aggressive or no? Because I think it kind of is. I feel like I know Isaiah's small. But he's not that small. I feel like LeBron knew he was there and he was kind of sending a sort of message when he celebrated with his other teammates instead of Isaiah. Now, very shortly after that, Isaiah was actually traded from the Cavaliers, a team that had championships, championship aspirations, to the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that has aspirations, period. Let's just put it that way. So in just less than a year, Isaiah went for from asking for the Brinks trunk full of cash to at least expecting to be a championship contender along with LeBron James. And now he's on one of the worst teams in the league, the Los Angeles Lakers. And the word is he might not even start because they already have Lonzo Ball. So he literally might be backing up a 19-year-old kid. And that Brinks trunk may never, ever find its way to Isaiah Thomas. Just goes to show you, don't assume anything don't take anything for granted just a year ago or less than a year ago Isaiah Thomas thought he had a hundred million dollars locked up but we'll see how he how much he makes this offseason it's definitely not going to be that much I'm sorry Isaiah that your stock has been falling so quickly hopefully you can make it bounce back up sometime soon if you start making some shots and stop talking shit about all of your teammates Before we go, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do something that we always do every single episode of the I'm Open podcast, and we could not forget. That is to honor our Mask Off Performer of the Week. Of course, this segment is dedicated to and inspired by none other than Future Hendrix. This week 
our mask off performer of the week is Rob Gronkowski. Now, Rob, his team lost the Super Bowl, but it was what came out after the Super Bowl that was really interesting and was really exciting. Now, Rob has mentioned or sources say that Rob is considering leaving his career as a football player and instead turning to Hollywood and being an actor. Now, with all the concussions he's received, all the different leg injuries he's had, it might be smart for Gronk to start considering an alternative career. Apparently, Gronk has been getting mentored by two gentlemen, one of them who shares his muscular physique and who has also made a similar crossover. That's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who used to play football himself at the University of Miami. Now, the other one is somebody who shares Gronk's enunciation skills and has probably a similar number of brain cells, and that is Sylvester Stallone. So between those two gentlemen... Gronk has two pretty well-established and experienced mentors who are telling him they think he could make millions in Hollywood. Now, I think these two gentlemen must have seen Gronk's recent commercial for Tide explaining what you should do, or rather what you shouldn't do with Tide Pods. Take a listen right here. No, 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 no. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods for washing, not eating. Do not eat. So here's how I imagine this thought process going for the advertising people at Tide as they thought for a spokesperson for the anti-eating Tide Pods commercial. They probably called up Gronk, said, hey, Gronk, um... We want you to do this thing about Tide Pods. A lot of kids have been eating them. And we think you're somebody the kids will respect. So we want you to... We want you to do this campaign for us. Gronk probably said... Tide Pods? I thought those were called Bubble Snack Packs. Either way, I'm glad it's a good marriage between Tide and Gronk. The one thing is... It's supposed to be really a serious campaign and a serious notice, but the way Gronk is talking, it's just so hard. It's just so hard to take him seriously at all. But I think the really smart thing that Tide did in bringing in Gronk is that they know that he can connect to the people who actually have been eating Tide Pods on their same cognitive level. And I think that's really smart to use him as their spokesperson. Now, I think The Rock must have seen Gronk doing this Tide Pods commercial and thought, wow, this is just a massive clay that I could mold into a Hollywood superstar. Now, I know some people are dubious of Gronk's ability to act. They think, how the hell is he going to memorize a whole script when he can't even read or speak in full sentences? Well, ladies and gentlemen, slow down a second, okay? Nobody said that Gronk was going live at the Shakespeare Theater, okay? Nobody said that, that Gronk is going on Broadway to be a part of the new cast of Hamilton, okay? The great thing about being in movies is you cut, you cut whenever you want. So they can literally say, hey Gronk, your next line is, 
where's the coffee, and then he just repeats, where's the coffee, and then you do that, you do it, you do it, so he, he doesn't have to memorize, so Gronk can just go line by line, they could feed him his line, he can repeat it back, they can film him, and they can use these fancy new editing techniques they have to cut it in and just make it look like he's speaking normally. I think this is a great idea for Gronk, first of all. Way, way fewer concussions going on on the set of movies than there are on football fields. Gronk has already had many concussions, and if he'd like to be able to walk around and do things for himself when he's 40 or 50 years old, he probably wants to stop getting his knees smashed by other people's helmets and stop getting his face smashed by other people's helmets as well. So... The other aspect, and I'm not a superficial person, but of course this is something you have to think about when you're switching jobs, is money. Money. Now Gronk, he has made a lot of money as a football player, and of course he is good at it. He's probably made about $45 million in his career as an athlete. Now that's awesome, and that is nothing to scoff at. But that's actually $20 million less than The Rock made just last year in 2017. So even if Gronk is only half the actor or a quarter the actor that The Rock is, he still might be able to surpass his football earnings from his entire career in just a couple years in Hollywood. So Gronk, don't let the haters dissuade you, okay, big man? You've got Sly Stallone. I'm already imagining him taking you under his wing for Rocky 12. Gronk is going to be the next rock protege of Rocky. Sylvester is going to be coaching up his dumb nephew and teaching him that he can prove all the doubters wrong and be a world champion boxer just like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Sly Stallone are trying to convince Gronk to leave the sports world and enter the world of Hollywood. Go ahead and do it, Gronk. We believe in you. Thanks again to the friends and family of the I'm Open podcast for joining us today. You've made our day with your company, so we hope you can just make your day a little bit better. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give us a nice five-star rating. Have a great night, everybody, and don't forget to stay open.